0: Alright, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, my podcast. i actually recording this as an episode for uh, my podcast, Talk Story. Um, but also doing a, a review for my uh, YouTube channel, which I haven't done in a while. So hopefully it will be better this time. Uh, we haven't watched a lot of movies. I watched uh, one movie uh, recently. And, um, and of course I watch a lot of Mandalorian, so that, that's why, uh, we haven't really been on, and me and Paul, we haven't really been watching a lot of movies as well, uh, because of the pandemic, and so today I am gonna review the movie Mink, uh, it is a Netflix directed by David Fincher, um, it is about, um, I don't know his full name, I guess you know me, I'm not good at full names, um, it is about uh, the writer who wrote Citizen Kane. Now, there is a dispute who wrote the entire thing, or was it a co-wrote with Olson, Olson Welles? I don't know if you know who he is. He was an actor and a writer as well. Um, but, um, so, this story actually is about the other the other writer, Minks. I don't know his full name, so you're going to have to look that up. I apologize. I Like you said, I am not good with names, and so... Uh, it is a net. Well, I don't know if it's a Netflix original. I think it is. I think it is a Netflix original. And so, um, first of all, it is uh, about him writing the movie Citizen Kane, and what inspired him to write Citizen Kane, and a lot of the things that are in this mo- are in the movie Citizen Kane, based on his life story, uh, which are. Who he all the people who he interact with as well, and it's pretty interesting about. And then there was another guy who is at the time I didn't really know about this. I had to look, like I study history, but I didn't know about this part. But uh, Hearst William, or they call him Willie Hearst, and he was a probably the most powerful, uh, powerful people um, in. In Hollywood at that time this takes place in a, in the year 1930s around 1934 and I I thought first of all first of all it is a gorgeous movie it is shot in black and white but it is you know the the resolution is amazing and it takes you back in the era of the of Hollywood back in 1930s uh, even the way he shot the movie and edited it, it, it's exactly how what the 30s movies were like. And so if you watch, you know, I don't know, I don't even know if Singing in the Rain was in the 30s, but maybe it was in the 60s. I don't know, but it has that similar style, that tone of, you know, those good old, good old day in Hollywood. Even when, like, the films, if you watch old films, you get that little flicker of, like, it's almost like a burnt... Mark on the fi- on the on the film itself. He even put that in it, and it makes it look authentic, like as if was in the nineteen thirties. It's it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful movie, a beautiful shots and scenes, and the it made me felt like I was back in the thirties. and And this is about, of course, minx and what he, who he interact with to uh, to inspire him to write this uh, Citizen Kane. And each character in this movie is in Citizen Kane. At least it was inspired in Citizen Kane. Uh, now, you get the glimpse of what was going on in at that time. The movie kind of falls off. Of, not fall off, but kind of, I think what lacks... I really wanted to know more about Mink. About him, about more, even more. Even though it goes into details of what was going on uh, in his life at that time. And so, but... It, The movie throws in the you know politics as well. Throws in uh, the scandal, propaganda. Uh, Willie uh, Willie or William Hearst, he was so powerful, and he would influence in the politics world uh, who votes, how people would vote in California. You know, believe it or not, in the nineteen thirties, the Republican was (laughs) this California was a Republican state, and it's because of uh, Hearst that made it that way because he influenced. And how he did it was through propaganda, through movies, and through interviewing people. And what he does, he would he would invite or not invite? He would hire actors to pretend to be like some somebody that's poor, and that that would would uh, interview this person, and would try to persuade people into voting for Republicans. And so I thought it I thought that was pretty pretty interesting what they did, but it it kind of. I know it throws in to, to, to understand what was going on in his life, or surrounding his life at that time. Remember, the Depression was going on at this time as well. Uh, there was a lot of people worrying, uh, like the people who worked in the movie industry uh, thought that a lot of the movie production company would move to Florida uh, because it's cheaper there no state income tax, probably back in those days too, I don't know. but And so you get a glimpse of what's going on around him and the people around him. And... First of all, the acting, everybody in this movie, the acting is amazing. It is amazing. Um, It is an Oscar-winning performance for Gary Oldman once again. He is believable. Uh, I believe he was drunk because Mink was not, you know, he he had demons. And one of them was, in fact, he died from uh, too much from alcoholism. And so um, I thought... The way they portray him. Now, I never know anything about him, which is kind of interesting because, you know, I watched Citizen Kane once. That was a long time ago, and I was bored by it. But maybe I'll give it a shot. And so, but I always thought it was a great movie, though. It looked looked really good. When I watched it, it was good. But maybe now that I've more invested in films like this, maybe my eyes would be different watching it this time. And so, but uh, I. Probably this is probably the best movie of the year for me. Uh, I didn't see a lot of movies. I saw Tenet. Uh, This, I saw other movies that were, you know, go straight to streaming, but uh, this probably be, even if there was a lot of movies this year, this might have been the best movie for me. Now, a lot of people probably like, well, Tom, Paul Paul doesn't usually like these kind of movies, like Roma. Uh, I love that movie. I thought it was great. And, And it was black and white, so this is the same thing. So, I would recommend everybody watch the, to see this movie now it is hard to understand what's going on if you haven't seen the movie it's now you don't have to see the movie to understand the, the movie itself but it does help you a lot uh, to to understand the depth of what was going on in his life and what and what went on in um, at that time when he was writing it. and so the movie kind of interact with with this movie and so I would recommend watching Citizen Kane. In fact, I'm gonna to try to watch it again uh, some sometime uh, before the before the end of the year. Um, wow, what else? I think I don't. know, it, I enjoyed it. I was I was hooked by it because I wanted to know what was you know how it was his best writing according to what the historian says and what the the movie uh, the movie portrayal. And so I would probably give this an opening night. I, I although we don't go anymore, but <laughs> not for a while. I hope the movie theaters open up to, opens up again, but it doesn't look good. But I would recommend this movie. Makes on Netflix. Please check it out. It is a beautiful film. It well directed. Uh, acting is supr- superb, and I would I would give this opening night. And so, see you later. All right, now, to my second topic. We're only going to have two today. I just reviewed Mink, and now I want to talk about Mandalorian, Episode 7. This one was... I I don't know, guys. I actually enjoy this episode more than I did last one. Now, of course, people are going to tell you, well, Tom... um, Last one, you get to see Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, however you want to call it. You get to see him in action and how b- of a bad A he was. Well, I I liked it. I I thought it was, and I thought it was cool. Uh, you know the way he came out and kind of debunked the fact that he was just this. You know, like we get to see him fight in the live action, of course. But if you if you read the comics, like I said, he was actually pretty bad A in those. But uh, this one is back to normal. Back to um, back to uh, going on mission and trying to figure out how to get this uh, get uh, Grogu back. And one of the things he had to do is had to break in one of the Empire uh, base, and uh, they needed uh, Bilmer. Bilmer, I don't think that's his name, but uh, he came. His character came in last uh, season. Now I didn't like him. I thought you know when I first when he first got that, I didn't really like him. Uh, I liked this episode a lot. I thought the action was cool. I thought we'd get a glimpse of that barrier that, that Mando has, that he would never take off the helmet or take off the uniform. This is the way. But you see as as the season progressed, uh, he kind of chipped that wall away, and you see that he's kind of losing his uh, his morals, I guess you could say, or his, his way of life of being a Mandalorian. Uh, he actually took off his helmet in the, the spoiler alert, by the way, sorry, if you haven't noticed, he took off his helmet. And for the first time, actually second time we see, uh, the actor named Pascal, his face. And it's, it's pretty unusual for him to take, to be able to, willing to take off that helmet, but it shows you the relationship that he has with, uh, with Groku and that he's willing to do anything that, that, um, to get him back and so uh first of all Billmer, i think i hope i said to right in incredible acting in this one i always tell i always tell people comedian can be can comedian has more range because they can be funny and they can actually do the dramatic scene sometimes better than a lot of people think it's hard for a dramatic actor to be funny i don't know i don't know if that makes sense but in this one Bill Murray incredible the acting the dialogues the emotion that he had when he talked to that Im- Im- imperial uh leader like you can tell that it was eating him up and it's been eating him up all these years and uh and he finally took advantage and shot him but I, I thought his acting was incredible. I have a feeling he'll come back later and uh, will help Mando some way somehow. But I I, actually, I really liked this episode a lot. I can't wait for the season finale. Uh, I can't wait for uh, who's going to show up. I hope I'm I I've always been telling people it's going to be Luke, and I'm still putting my money on my money on that. And so. All right, well that's my review on Man Learn, episode seven. Uh, I, what you guys think? Let me know. Let me know if you guys love it, like it, or hate it. Or what you guys think of? Uh, oh, another thing about the episode at the end. Did you see the speech um, that Mando, uh, the message that he sent to uh, Gideon? It is exact, almost exact same speech that Gideon gave in the last episode of the first season. Go back and watch it. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I thought how they did that was really cool. Anyways, um, I hope you guys get to get to see this episode and get ready for the um, for the season finale, which comes up in two days, I think. And so, let me know if you guys comment on the below. Let me know if you guys like these episodes. Please subscribe. You know, I'm not shooting to make any money. I just love doing this because you know I get to give my opinions and so. But Please subscribe. Please let me know uh, what other topics you guys want want me to talk about. Anything. I love it. And so I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you.